Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot Happy Mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Hot Happy Mess. I am your host, Zuri Hall, and I hope you're having a nice day, that you're having a lovely week. Uh, I'm so glad that you all showed so much love to our latest few episodes. So many of you reached out to share your stories, and it's made me so proud to know how this podcast is touching you and inspiring you and motivating you. Uh, because it's doing the same thing for me uh, when it comes to these conversations. So in today's episode, we are talking all things mantras, manifesting, and affirmations. And affirmations and manifesting specifically um, are something that I have had a lot of experience with, particularly with manifestation. I truly believe in the power of visualization and manifestation, setting intentions, and then really letting go of the attachment to the outcome. And I realize now in hindsight that I was doing that before I even realized I was doing that. Um, One of my probably biggest life examples, I've talked about this before on the podcast in an earlier episode, was... um, you know, when I first was getting into television and I was still in local news and I decided, you know what, I'm committed to this TV thing, to television hosting and producing and and all that jazz. So my goal is to be national by 25. So that became my slogan. That was like the motto that was anyone asked, what do you want to be doing in this amount of time? Or what's the goal or what's next? And I would always say national by 25. And that was it. It was a hyper-specific goal and yet really broad. And it wasn't particularly intentional like that I made it that way. But in hindsight, I really believe that's why it worked out for me is because I had this one specific goal in mind and I made it very plain to myself, to the people around me, to the universe. And 
So in the back of my mind, that was sort of the North Star that was subconsciously guiding all of my career choices, my personal choices. Everything that I was deciding to do or choosing was slowly but surely moving me in the direction of being on a national television program by the time I was 25 years old. So at 24, I was in Dallas, Texas, anchoring the evening news for um, a younger skewing audience, which is why I could be anchoring the evening news at 24. Uh, But I was hosting the five o'clock and the nine o'clock night shows. I was co-anchoring the five o'clock hour long, or excuse me, I was solo hosting one 30-minute newscast, I think, and then co-anchoring our hour-long news broadcast. And I really loved it. I loved Dallas, but in the back of my mind, I always knew National by 25. So long story short, an opportunity came up. There were many opportunities and a lot of no's, right? But all you need is one yes. And an opportunity came up while I was in Dallas to go out to New York and audition uh, for Fuse, uh, the cable music channel that at the time was owned by Madison Square Garden. And so I hopped out there. I was dragging my carry-on luggage through Times Square. Um, I auditioned and I was back on the plane, I think. And uh, they liked me. They really liked me. So I ended up flying back out for a week and staying at a friend's house, staying on a friend's couch in Jersey, actually, because I couldn't even afford a week of hotel stays in New York City at that time. Or actually, I could, but I don't think I wanted to pay it. And what I could afford was probably not going to be somewhere that I wanted to live. And save money, guys. Why waste money that you don't have to spend? Um, So I was bussing it from Jersey to New York every day to get to the studio to continue auditions and meetings and all the things. They tried me on air for a week and I got the part. So I packed up and I moved from Dallas to New York City at the age of 24, um, just before I hit 25. And it was amazing to see my next goal was E, E Entertainment Channel, E News. I decided once I was in entertainment news that that was the creme de la creme at the time, the holy grail of of entertainment news. And so that's what was next. And I thought I'd get it by 30. But what was interesting was I never attached an age to that. So I never said E News by 30. I just said E News is next. And in the back of my mind, I felt like 30 is probably around the time it'll happen. That opportunity came at 27. And I packed up, moved from New York to LA and spent five-ish really great years at E! Um, And after that, Broadcast Network was the goal. I got American Ninja Warrior on NBC and Access Hollywood, which is on NBC owned and operated stations across the country. And now we're, we're building new dreams and we're setting new goals. And I say all of that just to say that that really is the most shining example of affirmations and intention setting and manifesting in my life. And it was so easy, not the work that got put into it. It was hard work and a lot of effort, struggles, tears, wins, losses. But the manifestation part was so much easier than I think a lot of people suspect it is. It doesn't take um, some, you know, crazy extensive process to set an, an idea, to set an intention and then release it to the universe, give it to God, and wait for it to come back to you. So that's my little spiel 
on manifestation. Mantras is something that I'm still working my mind around. I'm starting to get in the habit of writing down an affirmation every day. I've been using the five minute journal for the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm loving it because I, my therapist actually recommended that I start journaling to sort of tap back into my creativity. And I was like, I want to, but I don't have a ton of time. Like I'm already so, you know, just go, go, go and stretched a little thin right now. And personally speaking, I'm working to get my work-life balance back on track. So the last thing that I need is another thing to do every single day. Uh, but then I saw the five minute journal. So I've been committed to that and it's really great. It focuses on gratitude, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night and the power of affirmations. And it's so simple. It has prompts. So you don't have to do too much heavy lifting. I highly recommend it. And, um, yeah, it's been great. So to the point about affirmations, according to an article on Healthline, they define affirmations as something that generally work as a tool for shifting your mindset and achieving your goals, but they're not a magic bullet for instant success or healing. Affirmations tend to have the most benefit when they center on specific traits or realistic achievable changes you'd like to make to those traits. And that explanation, that breakdown actually reminds me of the party trick that was shared by life coach Amy E. Smith back in episode 24, which was about conquering imposter syndrome. And Amy actually spoke about doing a self-talk inventory. So listen to this. What is palatable? What is something that that inner critic isn't going to kick up so much around? So I use uh, what I like to call progressive language, saying things like mm -hmm. I'm exploring what it looks like to love the woman that I am. I am mm. entertaining the idea of a healthy relationship with my body. I am redefining what my role in this world looks like. So we're not necessarily saying I'm the end all be all because that feels like such a jump. But you're saying mm -hmm. I sure as hell am on my way. You know, I really love her perspective on using progressive language, right, to shift our self-talk because it makes the idea of using affirmations a bit easier to put into place, a little bit more uh, tangible, a little bit more accessible. Um, so without further ado, let's access more of the affirmation and, and mantra and manifestation conversation with Dr. Dagonit Noor is a world-renowned spiritual teacher, celebrity clairvoyant intuitive, acupuncturist, writer, and speaker. Her personality is so easygoing and bubbly, it at first feels like you are settling in for a light chat, but when she starts channeling, it is kapow, watch out. These days though, she's mostly channeling energy forecasts for the collective and mentors her team of healers who channel for you. Here's Dee. Okay, Dr. Deganij Noor is here with me now. Hello, how are you feeling today? You look gorgeous. Thank you. You look amazing. I feel great. I love this podcast. I love you. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. Uh, two minutes in and I can already tell this is going to be a great combo. Your energy is absolutely contagious. You're such a light. Y'all can't see her right now. You're listening, uh, but she is radiant. You can tell us from the inside out. I know this is going to be a great chat and I'm excited because I'm not new to the world of affirmations and mantras, but I'm not as well-versed as I could be. And I kind of want to step my game up this year. I know a lot of our listeners do too. Um, so before we get into that, let's just get to know you a little bit. Tell us all about who Dr. D is. Yeah, well, I think I was like 
I've always been a healer. And so like now that I've like devoted my life to this path, there's evidence of that in my childhood and in the teenage years and stuff like that. Um, but I kind of, so I'm an immigrant and I really wanted to like do my single mom right and follow that immigrant dream. And, you know, I was an overachiever as a child and I really wanted like a stable career. So I picked dentistry and was just kind of like dabbling in witchcraft on the side. And I tended to like I was apparently this is my calling and I was just really good at being psychic and offering psychic readings to my friends. And so, um, I got rejected from dental school and you know how they say rejection is the universe's protection or redirection for me that one year where I was getting my post-baccalaureate in science to improve my chances of getting into dental school. And like, by the way, I scored like 90th percentile on the DAT exams. Like there's not a rational reason or a logical reason why I was rejected, you know, but it was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And so I was just like waitressing and dental assisting and working too much and all of that. And like giving my friends readings on the side and this whole career path kind of like found me. So there was this week where I made more in readings than I did serving tables. Like they were both cash based and like there was like a stack of cash that was larger than the other stack of cash. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like tangible evidence and proof that I could turn this into a career if I wanted to. And that's the week that I applied to acupuncture school. And I've been mixing the both ever since. And I've like layered on a bunch of other credentials on top of it. And now I like live to educate people about their intuition and energy medicine and how powerful they already are. Yeah. I mean, it's such a fascinating journey that you've taken to sort of land where you are. Um, And I'm particularly struck by what you mentioned a little bit ago about there were always little hints of this as you look back on your life, right? Hindsight is 2020. Um, And I'm curious to know more about that because, you know, I've had experiences when I was younger and into my older age and I I would like shake it off or ignore it. Or sometimes I would lean into it or listen to it and be really glad that I did. And then I brought it up to my mom once and um, she was like, I'm not surprised the same thing used to happen to me. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, why are we not talking about this? I grew up in a super religious household, like old school Christian household. I was like, what is going on? Um, And so I would always let it go. But to hear my mother say that she dealt with something similar or experienced, not dealt with, it was um, great. That makes it sound like a burden. Um, But it fascinated me because it made me think, you know, so many of us are walking around with the ability to tap in to, um, you know, source uh, whatever someone may want to call it. And it's just a matter of deciding to tap in. So what is your perspective on that? Is that something that we all have a little bit of? Obviously, some more gifted or intuitive than others. I think we all do have it. And I do think like children, you know, children are like usually closest to source because they just came from there. Right. And they haven't, they haven't been conditioned otherwise quite yet. And so, yeah. So like, you know, when kids are referring to their imaginary friends, I think they're actually referring to spirit guides that they're seeing. And I think that sometimes we don't take those kids as seriously and will just dismiss their intense connection until they're dismissed and like gaslit so much that they kind of like stop following the intuition, you know? So for me, 
it's clear that I've always been an empath and a healer. The intuition, I really did have to work at developing. But like as a kid, I would create like little magic boxes for people. And so I would take like I grew up in Fresno, California, and we're home to raisins. And so there was like all these teeny tiny little raisin boxes everywhere, um, like on the floor as trash. And so I would take um, these tiny little boxes and put like a little stone in them that like was also like I found off <laughs> you know the ground and like a little dandelion like flowered like it was just like a little magic box and then I'd give it to like the people that I loved this is before I could like adequately read and write so like instead of mantras I was drawing out like pictures of like this is you with a big heart or stuff like that and then I didn't even link how like that was me as a healer coming through until when I, I used to have a healing center in Manhattan. And so people, when they would leave, like I'd write out their mantra on a little, you know, notepad that looked like a little prescription pad. And I'd often give them a crystal, sometimes an essential oil spray and all of that. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is the little raisin boxes, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> elevated. Yeah. The next step, the evolution of your raisin boxes. I am curious to know, you know, for some people who may be new to this conversation, maybe haven't even heard about, you know, um, what intuition is uh, by definition, mm. what energy healing is, what, what is it really? What is energy forecasting? What does it mean to be a, a spiritual teacher in the way that you are? That's a really great question. Okay. I think intuition, it, I, I do believe that we all have it. And I do think that it is something that you can hone. And and I think it's hard to hone. When life is constantly shouting at you and your intuition comes in as a whisper, it's hard to hear until you learn how to get the shouts of life out, like turn down the volume on that and turn up the volume on your intuition. But I would say your intuition is the stuff that doesn't necessarily make sense at first. And so you usually like the intuition comes in as a whisper, a whisper kind of like go left. But like if that doesn't make sense, if left is actually a detour for you and it's faster to go right, usually you might ignore that and be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I having these weird thoughts? And so most people don't remember the intuitive hits. Instead, they remember their own self-doubt or their own dialogue or conversation with themselves around the intuitive hits. You know what I'm saying? So the intuitive hits tend to come in as a whisper and they don't really, they, they have nothing to do with your past logic, with, you know, your breath of like wisdom that you've amassed over the years and higher education and stuff like that. Like they're not logical or rational. They, they kind of come out of left field and they might not make sense. But if you do go left, let's say, and kind of like pull on that thread, then you might find that there was a traffic jam if you went right and left actually saved you a bunch of time. And and so it's not until we follow those whispers that we're able to better give shape and form to intuition and better understand why those intuitive hits are coming in. But I think most people stop at the intuitive hit because they're like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to go left, you know? I don't know if that answered the question. My, I, I, I love that you referenced source. I believe I'm a conduit to, to source, right? So like when I'm in my intuitive mind, I'm putting my analytical, my cognitive mind away. I'm even putting like the empathy away because if I'm feeling you, then um, 
Feelings aren't always facts. So I might feel your feelings, like your grief, your suffering, whatever, as a fact. And I might not. And I think intuition is elevated perspective and it kind of helps you get out of the valleys. But if I'm meeting you at the valley, then I can't help you out the valley, you know, onto the mountaintop. So I, I believe it's into it's elevated perspective and it's perspective that's honed into like the big picture and your path and purpose. And it's intuitives, mediums. I think there are channels, conduits for source. And so when, if I'm offering a reading, those aren't my, like my thoughts that are coming through. I'm always surprised by whatever it is that I'm seeing or saying. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) And so it's just a channel of cosmic energy coming through the person. You know, it's fascinating. And I, and I, I'm asking for myself as much as our listeners, because, um, basically the difference between, you know, you have like psychic mediums, you have, um, people, well, you tell me, because I really, I'm trying to phrase this as a question. I'm not trying to make it a statement because I'm asking. Um, so psychics period mediums period. Two different things. One is having spirits come through from the other side. The other is essentially predicting the future. Yes. No. Um, So I think psychic can be like a catch all phrase and mediums probably go underneath the psychic umbrella. Fortune telling is interesting. I don't consider myself a fortune teller. I think that's really limiting. I, I feel like everyone has free will. So if I, so there's, there's different ways to access your intuition. And I guess anyone who's accessing their intuition is a psychic. So some people, um, it is through mediumship. And so mediumship is, yeah, when you're channeling other entities and, and so you're inviting that entity in. And so they're speaking through your body instead of you speaking through your body, right? So that's a medium. An intuitive, a psychic intuitive, there's different ways. So each of our seven chakras are energy vortexes. And at any given moment, they're emitting energy out into the world, like saying a little bit about you so that the world can feel you out and giving off psychic information. And then they're also receptive centers where they're receiving psychic information. So depending on which chakra of yours is the most developed or, you know, your comfort zone, you'll receive intuitive information either through, you know, your sixth chakra, which is how I do it. So it's clairvoyance. So I just see a bunch of things and I'll speak to what I'm seeing. And sometimes I don't even know what the images mean, but when I say them out loud, my client will be like, oh my God, that happened last night. And what you're seeing is my husband and you're, you know, um, so they'll be able to place it. Other intuitives will hear things others, um, through their second chakra, they'll feel things. There's claircognizance where they just know things. And so, yeah, I think we're all intuitive. I think the way that intuition comes in is unique and specific to the individual. So I don't think we're all picking up intuitive information the same way. Right, right. I do think whatever it is that you can do endlessly, like where where you're in the zone, whether it's like dancing or cooking or painting or singing, whatever it is where it's like you forget to eat, you forget to drink, you forget you have to go pee, like all of that. And you're just like, I think when you're in that state, that's your your most intuitive self. I think you're just channeling source energy. And oh, okay. 
And so that's like a different avenue towards it. So like if you are painting, maybe start asking the ethers questions to gain, to kind of like focus the intuition and get some answers out of it. Yeah. If you'd like. Fascinating. Um, you mentioned chakras for those who may be new to the idea of that. And I want to get into mantras and affirmations, but just, um, really quickly breaking down the seven chakras. Um, can you sort of explain to us what those are? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. So at the very base of your spine, your tailbone is your first chakra. It's identified, like it's depicted as red. Um, energy is in constant motion. So it's not only red. There's probably specks of like orange and yellow and green in there, which, um, but just for, for the purpose of (laughs) differentiating. (laughs) Yeah. So your red chakra is your, I am chakra. It's all about your health, your survival, your relationship with the material world. Um, so it's like very primal. Um, and then when you come up the chakra ladder, your second chakra, they go in the colors of the rainbow. So Roy G. Biv. So the, the second chakra is orange. Um, and that's your I feel chakra. So it's more about like creativity, your relationships, your sensuality, your sexuality, like tasting things, feeling things. It's your I feel chakra. Um, and it governs all of that. And then you come up to your third chakra, which is yellow. And that's your I will chakra, all about like goal setting, motivation, your career space, um, willpower, and Ambition, yeah. Suddenly, yellow being my favorite color makes so much more sense. I never thought about it that way. Is it? Yeah, I'm so drawn to it since I was a kid, always. Yeah. And I mean, you're just such a, a what are they called? Gold digger? Like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm like, dang, Dr. D. Yeah, gold digger, yes. I'll take gold digger, yes. Yeah. Not the D, okay? Not with the D, but goals, right? Like, I feel like yeah. you kind of can't get enough. And you, like, and I, am I right? Like, the Absolutely. journey of attaining the goal is just as exciting for you and all that you're learning along the path yeah. as the destination, as actually like achieving fun, the goal. You know, because as soon as you get it, it's like, okay, well, what's next? You know, it's the yes. of a striving for something, of hoping to achieve. So, yes. So, I, I would guess that your yellow chakra is probably your most dominant chakra. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So many questions. Now I want to know how do we discover what our most dominant chakra is, but let me not hijack this moment. So we're at yellow. We're headed to yes. green. <laughs> yep. Green is in the center of your chest. So yellow is in the center. Like they call it the solar, solar plexus chakra, but I've never heard of solar plexus before. So it's like your stomach chakra. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then your heart chakra is green. That's all about love, intimacy, connection, compassion passion. Like, you know, your heart chakra is spinning when, you know, your best friend gets a raise or gets wifed up or something like that. And you're super excited for them. But like, you know, your heart chakra is not spinning when, when you're jealous, when you're feeling competitive and disconnected from the magic of the world. So heart is all about connection. Throat is all about throat, speaking, advocacy, um, feeling heard, seen, a sense of belonging in the world. Um, the more you do feel a sense of belonging, the easier it is for you to listen with compassion. So the throat chakra also governs that. And then we're coming up to, so throat chakra is blue. And then indigo is that third eye, the brow chakra, all about intuition and intellect, that elevated perspective. Um, And then your crown chakra 
above your head. So your crown chakra isn't even rooted in your physical form. It's just part of your energy body. It kind of like hovers above your head. And that one's all about like your value system, your path, your purpose, like super big picture. And, you know, um, if your crown chakra is in alignment, usually it'll kind of, uh, all the other shots, they're all necessary, right? We can't have one without the other. Um, but usually when your crown chakra is spinning and aligned, like it kind of aligns all the other chakras so that you are living in alignment with your values. Okay. Got it. And when it comes to aligning our chakras, feeling in balance, um, what are the ways in which you recommend people do that? Like, how do we, you know, get it together if we're feeling out of balance? Totally. So, I mean, I, I think. I think we are all intuitive and you are, you were drawn to the yellow chakra, right? And I think it speaks volumes to you. So what that means is it's probably your most comfortable space. Also, it it might be dominating the rest. So, Mm -hmm. so somebody who like loves the yellow chakra, like that's, great. And especially in this culture, it's like only going to provide you with much success. That's like a wonderful dominant chakra to have. (laughs) But like if you're calling in romance or, you know, want to rest and relax or going on a retreat, like your yellow chakra is not going to be helpful. right? Right. So we do want balance is optimal always. Um, So you may, you can visualize, you can actually like focus on shrinking in that chakra and then like expanding out the other chakras. You can kind of close your eyes and like scan and see what color calls out to you the most and where on your body that color lands. And chances are you'll be tuning into that chakra. And like, you can just ask that color, like the greens or the blues, like, what do you need from me? Do you need to be bigger? Do you need to be smaller? How can I keep you balanced? I always recommend students um, take a week per chakra. So like just take a week exploring your root chakra and imagine it on overdrive, like kind of overly expanded, like just visualizing it or setting the intention. Energy goes, um, energy follows intention, right? So like if you set the intention for, I'm going to have a very red root chakra type of week, like only eat red foods, only wear red, go follow the red and just kind of like see what that offers you read up on the red chakra just to kind of like fully immerse yourself and like okay I think I have an understanding of my relationship with survival and my health and my finances and like the the you know primal ways of being in this world and then you'll come up to the second week and exploring all things orange and you're gonna you know take that dance class and cook yourself a delicious meal and like eat slowly and like meditatively and like really get sensual, you know, and like channel your inner artist and creative for that entire week. And just to like really experientially understand what that means for you, what your relationship is with your feelings, what your relationship is with your creativity, stuff like that. And then, yeah, I would take, I would dedicate a week per chakra to to understand the individual parts. And then once you understand the individual parts, it's way easier to understand the whole and to kind of like balance the whole. Got it. Okay. It's really interesting to hear you say also that we can quite literally go out and seek these colors like in, you know, physical form, right? Like it's like not just, okay, go meditate about this, go pray about this, go reflect about this. 
just to be surrounded by or engaging with the colors you're saying is also a way to activate or explore each chakra. Absolutely. Color therapy is based on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by Brain MD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, you, I just got to brag on you for a second here because uh, you are one of the top 15 intuitives globally, according to Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop, which is absolutely <laughs> amazing. You've been featured in the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Vogue, Forbes, amongst others. And you have over 22,000 clairvoyant healing sessions under your belt, which is just so impressive. And all that to say, um, you've got your own method. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about your method and what exactly that is the Nirvana method. Explain to us what it is and why we should consider it. Yeah, so the Nirvana method has steps and spells to it. There's like four steps and four spells. Um, the first step is like you're setting the intention and then you're like grounding yourself. You're making sure you are a clear conduit and you're in your psychic space. You're not... Um, <laughs> coming from your analytical mind, like you're not being a friend, you're being a psychic, you know, it's a little bit different. So the first step sets you up for that. And then the second step is you just start to channel. So like then, um, 
whoever the client is or whoever you're offering the reading to will say their name three times and then you let them know that initial image and what you're seeing. And then you, we always speak to significance at Nirvana. So like seeing a red cup isn't as interesting as like, why am I seeing this red cup? What does this mean for you? How can this empower you? And then um, we always close out. The fourth step is like when you complete the session, you always close it out with the mantra and with usually like some inspired actions for the recipient going back to free will so that it's understood that this person has all the power in their life. Like the healer doesn't, the psychic doesn't like if I'm being a really great psychic, like I, like my goal is always, um, for people to not feel like they need me, you know, for me to like help them back home to themselves and, for them to like access their own inner compass and not to need, um, a psychic, you know, because they're, we're each born psychic. So those are the steps. I think what, and then the spells are, you know, add value, like is what I'm saying, adding value, you know? Um, cause sometimes as a psychic, you will pick up on a lot of information, but some of it isn't necessary. <laughs> like some of it isn't adding value. It's the cutting room floor. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So am I adding value? Am I speaking to significance? Am I just stating the facts or am I go offering elevated perspective? Am I speaking to the problem or am I offering a solution? Speaking to the solution. Um, we always want to be clear. Like also most people drawn to this work um, are like have bleeding hearts. They're so sweet. They're such empaths. And while that's so sweet, and we need more empaths in this world. Sometimes empaths have a hard time saying like, well, when I see you getting back together with him, <laughs> I see you crying, <laughs> you know? Good, but how do I say this? Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And again, we never want to rob anyone of their free will. So we're not going to tell you not to do it, but we are going to say when you do it, you look pretty miserable. Whereas when you don't do it, you look miserable temporarily. Like there's definitely heartbreak there, but overall I'm seeing you like leaping and jumping and happy. But as I go down the timeline of this other option, I just see you like <laughs> getting smaller and smaller with time. And yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh, th the steps are more for like the psychic, like, okay, grounding cord, golden sun. Now I'm connecting with my client. Like those are the steps. Um, the spells are more for the recipient and making sure that the presentation and the packaging of the intuitive information is coming through in an uplifting and an empowering way. And that's also why I say we're not fortune tellers. Cause like, like sometimes that's not really uplifting or helpful. Like it's not empowering to be like, oh, so he's a jerk. Like I would never say that. I would never call a dude an asshole in the session. Maybe afterwards I'd be like, yeah, Yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like during that's just not helpful for the person, you know? Right. Okay. No, I got it. I got it. I'm picking up with the big dads. Um, mantras and affirmations. For some people, you know, either they can't wrap their mind around it or maybe, you know, I felt this, like I've tried to do affirmations in the mirror before, like in moments when I just didn't feel it, I didn't believe it. Right. But you're trying to speak these things into existence. You want to say it until you believe it. And, you know, sometimes it can feel a little silly or ridiculous, particularly when you feel the opposite. Um, so what's your perspective on them? What, what are mantras and affirmations? Are they the same? If there's a difference, what is it? 
Um, and then why should we be using them? Yeah. Um, I think the slight difference, I think mantras came first. I think mantras are like old school affirmations and affirmations is more like the new age version of mantras. I think they're very, very similar in nature. The slight difference might be that um, a mantra could be as simple as I am, you know, so it's not speaking to um, a future that you're creating. It doesn't always speak to like affirmations tend to be a little bit more future oriented. So like I am perfect, whole and complete, you know, like if, if you're not feeling perfect, whole and complete, like if you're feeling broken, like a nice affirmation would be I am perfect, whole and complete. Mine. Um, are you familiar with Louise Hay? No. Oh, okay. So she's since passed, but she is like the fairy godmother of affirmations. Like I think she's the one that single-handedly kind of brought affirmations to the Western world. She has this book called You Can Heal Your Life. And in that book, there's also like a little You Can Heal Your Body section. And so like I don't know if you have like eczema, the affirmation that she might offer for eczema is I feel confident and cool in my body, something like that. Right. I learned about Louise Hay when I was like 17, 18, and I had like a ton of acne and her affirmation for acne was I love and accept myself exactly as I am. And that could not have been farther from the truth for me. So I would cringe while saying this affirmation. Sometimes I'd like ball while saying the affirmation. I did not believe it, like not even a little bit. And I kind of hated it even. Um, but the thing is that your subconscious mind is something like 90, 95% stronger than your conscious mind. So even if you're consciously battling the mantra or the affirmation, even if you're like this is bullshit, this is like all lies. I'm just lying to myself over and over again. Your subconscious mind is just passively just taking it all in. And what for me, it took about like, I would say three months of practicing that affirmation, like morning, noon and night, every time I passed by a mirror um, and I'll never forget it. So I was like on the elliptical at the gym. There was like a mirror in front of me. And usually I avoided mirrors like I'd pick the elliptical that like looked out onto like people or something like. Uh Yeah. So there was like a mirror in front of me and I was like, this is confronting. And so I'm like, okay, every time I see a mirror, I say this affirmation. So I'm on the elliptical and I'm saying this affirmation and I don't feel a certain way about it. Like I'm not mad about the affirmation. I'm not cringing. I don't feel ugly. I, it was like shocking to not have a retaliatory, like, you know, response yeah, to the yeah. affirmation. And that's when, you know, it's worked is like, you don't hate it anymore. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, that's a really good point, though. Like sometimes just neutralizing the negative feelings is progress, is is success in a way. Um, Absolutely. Hey, so when it comes to crafting our own or maybe going to guides uh, for help in, in the ones that we should be leaning towards, what do you recommend? Like, how do we craft a mantra? You have one from your Instagram. My approach to life is a reflection of my intelligence. I'm proud of who I am. Um, how do we craft statements that serve us? How do we think about it? Is there a book that we should check out if we just want to like plug and play with our mantras or affirmations, or is it best to create them from scratch based on what we're going through or who we are or want to be? I love this. Um, I have two answers for that. If they're like, definitely you can heal your life is a great introduction to affirmations. Um, 
I just love everything Louise Hay and her philosophy and everything like that. So that's a nice intro to affirmations. Um, A nice journaling exercise for affirmations is like, and this works especially well in the beginning of the day where you're just like vomiting I am statements. So for me, usually it's like, (laughs) I'm lazy, (laughs) I'm fat, (laughs) I'm lonely, I'm all, you know, like, you know, just like vomiting out your subconscious mind and how you actually feel about yourself. And then you go through them and you're like, is this actually true? Is this, you know, fact or fiction? Like, is this, you know, and, and it's like, no, I'm not lazy. I'm actually just tired and burnt out. Like I've been doing the most and I've been so productive that like, I don't have it in me to do more today, you know? And so you kind of like go through all of the, the brain vomits and kind of strike through them and turn them into positive affirmations. Like I am productive and I need rest, you know? Um, my health grows with every passing day, you know, like I'm working on my fitness and I'm proud of my efforts, you know? Um, so something like for me, if I'm writing my own affirmations for me, it's like more about baby steps. So going to, I'm, I'm super fit, (laughs) you know, like that's not going to work for me right now. And so instead I'll be like, I'm working on my fitness and I'm proud of myself. And then maybe in a month from now, It'll be like, I feel really fit and strong, you know, but like, so you can kind of, and this is me, this is me after practicing affirmations for like 25 years. And I still kind of cringe at them. <laughs> if they're, yeah. you know. I appreciate you being honest about that though, because I feel like it's so much more accessible and relatable when you hear, you know, the pro, the person years. who lives this, breathes this, knows it like back from me and say, Hey, I struggle too. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing about self-love is it's a daily practice. You don't just get there. Like you practice it and then you practice it over again. And then you practice it over again. And like some days are really great and you don't have to practice. And then other days you get a phone call or an email or something. And it's like, you know, the conditional love comes up where it's like, Oh, oh God, I feel rejected or I don't feel great about myself. And why am I not there? If whatever happens that inspires the self-deprecating thoughts and it's like, okay, I guess I'm meditating and I guess I'm practicing that mantra again. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, D, that's so good because, you know, when you bring up self-love, it's so similar to relationship with other people, right? You look at your partner, your spouse, uh, let alone a life partner or, or a marriage partner and think, oh, well, I don't feel super in love today. So I guess this whole relationship should just be tossed out of the window. It's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And we're so hard on ourselves, right? Oh God, why am I, why do I hate myself? Why don't I feel much better about myself? And self-love being a journey, being the active relationship for the extent of your life is a really good and, and maybe healthier way to look at it. Like you're going to have good days and bad days, but you've committed to loving this person yourself for as long as you one shall live. I love it. Absolutely. And like what I tell students, cause so we have different programs um, and they're all, they all revolve around healing yourself through by way of honing your intuition. Right. And so at, the further you get into the programs or the more you use the tools, sometimes like these repressed memories come up and it's like, whoa, I could have, I could have lived my whole life and never remembered that, you know, and that was pivotal for me, or that was really traumatizing or whatever it is. And so what I tell students is like, you'll only see 
you'll only like those memories only come up when you're loving yourself enough to like be witness to them without them harming you again. You know what I'm saying? So like, if I love myself enough, like I can look at that breakup or I can look at that childhood trauma and like feel bad for baby D. But if I'm not loving myself, I might, and that memory might come up. I might play the blame game and be like, Oh, dad sucks. And like, this is so unfair. And I was just set up in life to like fail. Or I could look at myself like, oh, my God, I could have saved this. What's wrong with me? Why didn't I put in more effort? And well, you know, like all these weird ill thoughts, you know, thoughts that are rooted in illness and trauma and pain and disconnect might come up. But when you love yourself enough those same memories might inspire greater compassion and tenderness and greater reconnection with yourself. And so that you can like healing is where love meets pain so that you can like heal that past moment or that memory, your relationship with that memory and the love can replace the pain of the memory, you know? Mm -hmm. Healing is where love meets pain. Oh, beautiful and true and, and bittersweet, but, but spot on. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Today, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
I want to talk a little bit about manifestation. Back in episode 14, we had a dating coach on who talked about manifesting your ideal partner, walked us through, you know, affirmations around that and the self-love that it takes to get to a point where the right person can show up for you. Um, I'm curious to know your perspective on manifestation, period. Um, what it is exactly, just a quick refresher for those listening. And then also your own journey with it. Like when's the first time you were like, oh, this works. Like I just <laughs> pulled whatever out of thin air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is manifestation? So if you, what is the quote? You know how most people are like, I got to see it to believe it. Manifestation is when you believe it to see it. Like if your mind can conceive it, then it exists on some plane of consciousness and reality, right? And manifestation is just when you align with that plane of consciousness. So like a desire might come through, like I want that house, I want that car, I want that romance, whatever the desire is, I want to be on that show, I want to get this job, whatever the desire is, it's it's coming from your highest self and it's like a part of you that feels worthy of the car, the house, the job, whatever it might be, right? So there is a universe where that version of you exists, right? If like that desire is even coming through, usually manifestations exist, um, or that desire exists at a vibration that's higher than where you're currently vibrating. And so the manifestation is an opportunity for you to rise to that level of self-worth. So like, it might be like, I want the job and this is going back to your intuition whispers. So it might be like, I want the job, but then your analytical mind might be like, dude, that's like, so far away from you. And you know, it's a male dominant industry. You're never going to get that. It's like, stop, like, stop, like put your head down, (laughs) be grateful for what you've got. (laughs) And so when you're manifesting, you're listening to that little desire and that little intuition saying, no, you, you really are worthy of the job. And who gives a shit if it's like a male dominant industry, you're also like amazing and worthy and you could add a lot of value to this career space, all of that. And so the manifestation offers you the opportunity to rise to that vibration where the desire exists. And I know you as a third chakra person probably love that. Cause you're like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to prove to them. <laughs> That's me. but it's so it can be so fun and then when it does land so there's three parts I I teach manifestation in three parts the desire is like that little love note saying you're worth it and then the second part of it is you really got to detach from outcomes so like I want that job but I don't need it the second you go into I need it there's like desperation like that knocks you down in vibration it doesn't lift you it actually creates distance between you and that thing that you're desiring because you're making that thing bigger than you instead of acknowledging that thing's an extension of you. It's a reflection of you. It's not bigger than you. Like, you know, like you're rising to the vibration of that job, but like you're the one that manifested it, you know, like you're the one that's fueling the job. Like it's, it's you that's doing that. It's not that the job like, and, and you'll see this because I've seen this with clients that have like fallen into success and then they're like afraid of quitting or they're afraid of, you know, taking a break because then who am I if I'm not the CEO? Who am I if I'm not like these kids mom? Like we get so attached to the labels that we feel trapped by them. And so that's not necessarily manifesting. That might be goal setting, but that's not manifesting. Manifesting is feeling bigger than experience. And so like 
I could take it or leave it. Like I want it and I want it for these reasons and it aligns with me. And also if I don't get that, it's something bigger and better is happening. Like it's meant to be, you know, like the whole uh, rejection is protection. Like, like if I was like dead set on being a dentist, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Game over. Yeah. I mean, like doesn't happen. I, I, that was like the most impressively broken down definition of manifestation in a way that like makes sense. It's not so we're far out there that people might be like, wait, this just is above my head. Like it's going over my head. It, it makes total sense. It's really just setting yourself up to reach the vibrational frequency of the thing that you're going after. And I love to emphasize being able to just like release that after you, you know, speak it into existence or set that intention. And then you let go of the attachment to the outcome. So you're not so desperately clinging to it because we know what happens when we do that, even with people, with relationships, anything we, we cling too tightly to, we, yeah, we push away or squeeze out of our completely. Yeah. So the third part is accepting and receiving and just giving thanks. So oftentimes if, especially if it's a difficult journey getting there. No, usually if it's a difficult journey getting there, then you're like, I deserve this. You have no idea like what I've been through. <laughs> but if it like falls right into your lap, you know, um, th- one example that I give, I had this one client who was so focused on her career space and her career space was like her path and purpose. And she's like become like this manifesting machine right through this career space because it was like, spirit talking through her. Right. So usually like manifestation when it rains, it pours. And so if you're, um, increasing your vibration like that, then more sparkly things at this higher vibration are going to come through. Right. Like, so you're, what you're manifesting is a reflection of where your self-worth is at. Right. So she's feeling worthy of her career space blowing up this way and, um, her getting all these opportunities, what she was not expecting, so she was totally detached from outcome, and that's when we're super fast at manifesting. She was not expecting falling in love, and she definitely was not expecting to fall in love with a billionaire. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. Dee, run that back. <laughs> so here she is, like, focused on her career space, and then this billionaire is, like, proposing to her, and she's like, is it a scam? Is he going to sex traffic me? Like, what is going on? <laughs> What is the catch? <laughs> He's just in love with you. And so like the wow. third part is just giving thanks and being like, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful for all my blessings instead of being like, wait a minute. Are you a blessing? Right. Are you right, right, right. Me right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be able to receive it and say, of course, this has shown up in my life. I deserve this. I'm worthy of these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, well, let me, okay. Let's start. We need an episode on manifesting billionaires now. Apparently, yeah. that's like, um, <laughs> she should teach so, it. I'm not there yet. Well, speaking of, uh, what is the wildest thing? The most? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it, but I can't believe it because that's why I manifested right. it. Thing that you have been able to create in, in your life. I mean, well, you asked the first major mind-blowing thing that I manifested. Um, For me at that time, it felt very out of my reach. So like now I don't doubt it. Um, Like I think my whole career path is a manifestation. I'm like, oh, I work at the Four Seasons now. Oh, cool. All my clients are celebrities. Amazing. Like I did not see that coming (laughs) as a psychic. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for me, the very first, the first 
profound manifestation for me was like, so after I got rejected from dental school and decided like I'm a healer, um, I moved from Northern California to Southern California for acupuncture school. My, my school was in San Diego and um, I didn't have a car. Like my car broke down like right before this move and destruction precedes creation. Like oftentimes if everything's going wrong, I tend to get excited because I'm like, okay, we're manifesting something huge. It's around the corner. <laughs> I love that perspective. One more time. Destruction precedes creation. Yeah. Yeah. So like in science, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. Right. So like molecules have to break apart to so that those elements can be free and come together in a different way. Right. So, um, yeah. So destruction precedes creation. And so like everything was falling apart in my life as I like surrendered to my path as a healer. And so I was living in San Diego. My brother was living in LA and my brother knows cars. I don't know cars. Right. And like, he definitely had a, a more abundant mindset than I did back then. And so anyway, I take the train to, I was going to take the train to LA he was going to help me find a car that weekend. And like I go and then the train was delayed and it's like Solanas Beach. So like it, the train's delayed, but I'm like overlooking the ocean. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like I've already this is a great <laughs> delay. It's like a nice, gorgeous day out. So I meditate until the next train comes or until the actual train comes. And I'm doing this manifestation meditation and I see, um, I don't even know if they still exist. This is how old I am, but it was like a VW Cabrio. It's like this cute little convertible okay, okay. car that used to exist back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it was a horse and buggy from the 1930s. <laughs> and I wanted the one with the white horse. And <laughs> yeah, so I see this very vividly in my manifestation. I'm like, this car is mine. I'm so excited, right? Meanwhile, I'm super broke and there's no way I can afford that car. And so I feel very confident. Remember, detachment from outcome. So I'm like, I'm going to get that car. I'm probably going to need to like work a ton this next year to be able to afford it. So I'm going to go see my brother and we're going to buy me like a trash car that's going to like last a year until I can afford my dream car. And then I open my eyes and three cabrios drive by and I'm like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> and then I go to my brother, I get to my brother's. Right. And he's like, so what are you looking for? And I was like, it's going to be whatever, like a disposable car. <laughs> like I just need something to get by for this next year. Like I only have $2,000. This is what I can afford. Um, but obviously like my dream car would be this cabrio. Right. And he's usually, this is where the fact that I even said that to him because he's not an intuitive person. He's not into manifesting. He's very analytical. He's like had spreadsheets since he was like 13. You know, he gets like numbers in a way that I don't. Um, yeah. So like the fact that like I even spoke about the cabrio, I, I knew my audience and I knew this was not going to be a receptive audience to like me dreaming big. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta play the crowd, play the right crowd. Yeah. But I was like, whatever, I want a cabrio. <laughs> and like I was feeling abundant, even though I had no money. And so I go to the bathroom. And again, this is before smartphones. This is a very long time ago. 
And so um, he had printed out pages. Like, he had all these other cards already printed out. And he was like, first stop is this and then that. And then we're going to, like, you know, take a little tour of L.A. as we hit up all these used car lots and find your car. So I go to the bathroom. I come out. And he had, like, three pages worth of cabrios to look at. And I was like... And I looked at them and I like looking for the cheapest one. I'm like, I can't afford a single one. Like I was so touched, but I was like, I yeah. can't really do this, dude. Like, thank you. Right. And can we pause and do this next year? Um, and he was like, let's just check them out. You know, let's just see. So we find a cabrio that is like, I don't know. I think it was like 6,000 and rem- I only had like 2,000. So um, the dealer was, I'm Iranian, obviously Iranian. So like, you know, he, he overhears me telling my brother in Farsi, like, I love it, but I can't afford it. And you know that. And like, you know, whatever. Um, and the guy, the dealer was like, I have two kids. They don't get along nearly as well as the two of you do. It's so sweet to see this. And like, we just start talking in Farsi. And he was like, I'm going to come down 2000. Can you afford 4k? Oh. And I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like a third of the cost. Wow, significant price cut. <laughs> Huge price cut. And Avi like just supplemented the other 2k and it was like, we drove off the oh lot. My goodness. Shocking. Wait, so you got the car that day. I thought it was going to be like seven, like, and then a few weeks later, I was able to get the money that day. That day. Wow. And not only that, it was a stick shift and I, I yeah. didn't drive stick at the time. So it forced me into like learning stick, which was a different, which was something that like I took auto shop in high school. Like I've always wanted to drive a stick, but I didn't. And so like, I also manifested a car with a stick shift. And so now I know how to drive. <laughs> I know how to drive. Multifaceted. I love it. Oh gosh. Well, Liz hopping up here. She's like, wait, what? Um, that is very impressive. Even now I know you were like, Oh, this was like such a big thing for me back then. Like hearing that story now, like I, for me, it's not so much like the magnitude of it, but just like how specific you got in that being the thing that showed up for you, like blows my mind, even though I completely subscribe to it. Like I buy into it. I believe it, but it never gets old. It really doesn't like I've been doing this obviously for so long since before smartphones. <laughs> it really never gets like I've heard so many manifestation stories and every single time like my jaw is on the floor and it's like it's so exciting yeah yeah oh my gosh i could talk to you about this for hours. i have i've got to give it move. i've got at least a couple more questions that i have to have to have to ask well, you before we run I out i also of want time. to hear your manifestation stories but totally get it if we don't have them. yes well we'll have to like i have i need to book a session one because like i would love that you are clearly so gifted and we have this conversation <laughs> going State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, 
State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I want to ask about auras uh, because I will be honest. I'm going to just full disclosure. This is where for me at first... That was the first time that I was like, do I buy into auras like people walking around with their auras? <laughs> and the reason that I first had this thought was, so I was talking to um, a friend and we were hanging out and having a lot of deep conversation. And like, he's very sort of, um, he visualizes things. He sees colors. He sees auras. He says he he sees these things. And he's not even particularly you know, um, he's, not he's starting to exercise his muscles, but yeah, this is not a thing that he's even seeking out. It's just a thing he sees his pituitary gland is like times a bajillion. And so we're hanging out. It's a great night. And he's like, Oh my God, you are glowing. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Like my skincare regimen. <laughs> he's like, no, like bright yellow is like yellow. emanating. <laughs> you. And I was like, and it's only in this moment now, D talking to you that I'm like, Holy crap, maybe I should have believed him. He was like, I see a bright yellow aura around you right now in this moment. And I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. But knowing what I know about him and that right. he would never just kind of pull that out of his ass. And then now understanding sort of the color that is most associated with the chakra that I'm probably most dominant in. Maybe, maybe I'm in, maybe I'm buying the aura thing. T- tell us what auras are um, yeah. and why they're important. How do we see them? Who gets to see them? Okay, so I think we all feel them, even if we're not seeing them. So I don't think, okay. again, clairvoyance will see them, but not everyone's clairvoyant. We have seven chakras. Like you don't need to pick up your psychic information through visuals. It's fine. <laughs> You're still intuitive. Right. I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so auras are like your energy skin. A contracted aura would mean that the aura is like very closely hugging your skin. An expanded aura can fill up the whole room because it's energy. So it's not limited to like surface area, you know, like it's not limited to um, your actual body. So 
Um, it is your relationship with the world. Like energy doesn't lie. It's, it's the energy that enters the room when you enter the room, you know? So it's like how people feel in your presence. Um, there's like, there's a few examples that most people can identify with. Like the more common one is like, performers, musicians, public speakers, where, you know, they could be talking to like a stadium of thousands and thousands of people, but you swear they're just talking to you and you're like on a date and it's just the two of you. And it's like very intimate. That's an expanded aura, right? Like they're taking you into their energy field and you really feel like so connected to them, right? That's a super expanded aura. That's a consciously, whether the person like speaks energy talk or not, like they are consciously like projecting that vibe. And so that's like a more consciously expanded aura, whether, whether or not they recognize that that's what they're doing when they're doing it. Like they're, they're probably consciously, they they want, they want to, they want their audience to feel that feeling. Right. Right. I can't help but think of Oprah. Yes. Quintessentially that person I've seen her in rooms and this space, and yet this like uncanny, just rare ability to make each person feel like she is just pouring into them specifically. Like, why do I feel like I could hug her? I'm sure I can't. I'm sure her body can't. Because you can. You actually can. And just energetically, she puts that out there. Yes. So you totally get it. So another example of a more unconscious expanded aura is, you know, some people you just feel them and like they irritate you or they bug you. They could not be saying a word. And I'd see this in in school because like in a class full of like 50 people, you know, 100 people, 1000 people, my undergrad, like there was always that one person that everyone kind of like avoided or felt. And it's like the person doesn't even speak. Like, why are you so offended by them? That's an expanded aura. That's like an Mm -hmm. unconsciously. And so sometimes highly anxious people will do that unknowingly because they were trying to feel comfortable. And so they'll expand their aura. Like this isn't foreign. This is familiar. This, this table is in my auric field. This person is in my auric field. So they must be friends, right? Like they, like it's an intuitive, like coping mechanism type thing. But what ends up happening is instead of them feeling more safe in a room because everything's feeling familiar, it's more like they're feeling very intimately everybody else's worries and doubts and everyone's feeling their worries and doubts. And so the the people that are unconsciously expanding their auras like tend to rub people the wrong way. <laughs> and it's those people we all know a few of those. <laughs> yes. yes. And especially yeah. you especially know that person if like you've never had a bad conversation with them, like you really don't have any reason other than their aura to justify why you really yeah. can't stand them. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so interesting because yeah, we've all been there and it's or we've told a friend like, I don't know what it is. I just don't like them. <laughs> it's their energy field, man. You feel it. That doesn't lie. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That is so fascinating to me. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about auras. Oh my God. I hate that we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> limiting beliefs. I want to touch on that just really briefly here because it kind of feeds into what you were talking about with mantras and affirmations and what we do or don't believe about ourselves. And I have yes. found in my own experience with close relationships, it's one thing to want to manifest something, but if deep down everything yeah. vibrationally and energetically that you're putting out is saying, this is not for me, this is beyond me, I am not worthy of this, like that blockage is really blocking the blessing. Um, of course. How can we work on um, or let go of 
our limiting beliefs? Like, are there resources? Are there meditative practices? Like, how do we begin that work? Yeah, I have a school called New at School. It's New at Psychic School. And there's all sorts of energy tools, like all paths lead you back to self-love. So it doesn't matter if you're cord cutting or if you're grounding or if you are scanning your aura for limiting beliefs, like they, they tend to hang out in your energy field and in your subconscious mind more than your conscious mind, right? It's like limiting, like, I don't think any of us are like consciously telling ourselves we're not worthy. I don't think, you know, I think it's more like I want it. And then that little voice comes and is like, that's not for you. That's for everyone but you, you know? And so it's usually more of a subconscious, unconscious thing. So back to mantras and affirmations, those can work really well. If you want to get more conscious about it, that clearing exercise where you like give those limiting beliefs uh, a voice instead of like, you know, what we resist persists. So if you're saying that's bullshit. I actually feel worthy. Like you're actually messing with yourself. Um, and you're expanding the energy of that limiting belief instead of minimizing it and healing it. So like, give it a microphone, you know, to, to, um, button everything up, you know, this is just the surface of this amazing world of intuition and energy and healing, um, and inner work, uh, your resources, specifically your services, who are they best suited for and where can they find you? They're suited for everyone. They've like worked for every, I mean, we tend to attract more women than men. Um, but they are also suited for men, <laughs> even heterosexual ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me at nurvana.com, N-U-U-R-V-A-N-A. That's a spin on my last name, Noor. On Instagram, it's the same handle, Nurvana. Um, the psychic school, it's psychicschool.nurvana.com. And when you go to psychicschool.nurvana.com, um, that's where you'll see all the different courses and programs where you can hone your intuition or you can call in love and partnership or just do like, there's a ton of energy tools on there, but they are for everyone. All right. Well, Dee, thank you so, so, so much. Um, we have to, I still have to tell you one of my first like big manifestation stories. I'll learn about it because I just want to talk to you more. Um, but it was so nice to meet you. I have so enjoyed this combo. Thank you so much. Likewise. I can't wait to continue it. Okay. Bye. Oh my goodness. Isn't she such a light? I love her. Uh, Dee, thank you again so much for the amazing conversation. I need that session. I need that session, queen. I'm gonna circle back around, okay? Uh, her energy is so infectious. I felt so good after talking to her. So thank you again, Dr. D, for joining us. I also want to share that she hooked us up, y'all. She was kind enough to gift our audience an exclusive link to receive a new it psychic school membership for 25% off. The membership is regularly $33 a month, but it's now 25 bucks for our amazing hot, happy mess community. New It School is a course designed to help you heal you. It's a series of metaphysical modules employing a blend of ancient and modern healing modalities practiced globally and by Dr. Nur herself. These tools are intended to help retrain your brain to align with your pure potential. We at Nirvana believe world peace starts with inner peace. So that's the breakdown of the New It School. If you're interested in signing up, you can go to hothappymess.com for that exclusive offer. 
And before we head out, I wanna share with you guys a lovely review from a listener and oh my goodness, it is actually from Dee. This is super sweet. Uh, she says, Zuri is a prolific journalist. The expertise of her guests vary from finance to fitness and they're all wonderful and it's all relevant. Each episode is so uplifting, fun, and helpful. I've learned so much in a way that's easily digestible and applicable. Zuri is excellent at commanding the energy in a way that elevated her guests and her audience. She's serving medicine wrapped up in what feels like a friendly, cozy chat with a bestie, a true masterpiece. Dee, thank you so much. That means the world to me. And I'm so happy that you took away what we're hoping to give away with, with the podcast and with these episodes. So thank you so much for leaving that review. That was a very sweet, unexpected, but very much appreciated surprise. Um, so you listening in your car or on your couch or in your kitchen or at work or wherever you are, remember leaving a review is the easiest, most free, as in completely free, way to support the podcast. If you could leave five stars and a quick rating, it would be so appreciated. And stay tuned for more episodes because we are talking dating, finding love abroad, mommypreneurship, mompreneurship. And I may or may not have a solo episode coming your way. We'll see. Stay tuned. In the meantime, you can hit me up on Instagram at Zuri Hall and at Hot Happy Mess. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.